and welcome to Dream It, Dare It, Do It. Another fantastic day today. And uh, we're going to have a great conversation because I have my friend, Calum Ferguson here with me. Hi, Calum. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you for accepting. We've been having fun. We've been talking about, you know, the, living the life that we want. And um, I was explaining that uh, Dream It, Dare It, Do It comes from like 19 years ago when I started my company. Um, I needed a company name, like, and I, I took D3. And people were asking me, what, what does D3 mean? And I was like, well, it means Dream It, Dare It, Do It. Because I was always like dreaming stuff. And then I was like, should I, should I, then I dare, and then I do. <laughs> so <clears throat> it was kind of like a motto I had. <clears throat> but the more that um, we've been in this conversation of the three principles, um, it has changed, like the way that I dream kind of changed. Um, and the way that I dare kind of changed and the way that I do kind of changed. So I want to have these conversations and I wanted to hear what you had to say about it. Cause I know that, I know that you dream dare and do also. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, a lot of it. I mean, sometimes some are more than the other. I mean, sometimes I'm doing too much. Sometimes I'm dreaming too much. Sometimes I'm daring myself too much, but I mean, it all works out in the end. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what's too much and too little, really? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, some days you think it's too much and some days you think it's too little. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, but if, yeah. You, if you look back, like one of the things that is interesting, in my opinion, is when we look back at, you know, what we, what we dreamt of doing or being, you know, when we were a little younger, and then looking at the path that we've been through and looking at where we're at now, how it, it really differs. Um, like <clears throat> what I was dreaming of being, you know, is nothing like I, how it is right now. And yet, you know, I thought, oh, well, when I get there, I'll be happy, you know? And some of those dreams, I did get there and I wasn't happy. And now I'm looking at my life and I'm like, wow, I never dreamt my life would be like this. And yet I am happy. You know, like I didn't, I don't know. So have you ever, you know, looked at that? Or am I the only weirdo that looks like that kind of stuff? You're the only person I've ever heard talk about that, Jasmine. I didn't... I don't know who the, <laughs> you're fucking weird. <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. Um, it, you know, it's really cool that you talk about starting your company 19 years ago, because I mean, we've definitely talked and, and I've never really heard the full story around that. I didn't know about the dream at Dare do thing. Like, I'd love to hear more about that. But for me, um, you know, I, while you were talking about having a dream as, as a kid, I think back to, you know, the first time I could remember what I, what I really wanted. And um, it's weird. I, I have a very vivid memory of being in my mom's room when I was young 
on one side of her bed, one of the side tables on her bed had a telephone on it. And I remember answering it and, and then like putting it down and I don't know what it was, but it, it led to a thought. I think it was something related to like somebody's health. My mom knew that was going through something. Um, and I just thought about, you know, how much I wanted to be able to help with healing people. And, and, and from then I was like, I want to be a doctor, hmm. you know, and then as I was growing older, I, I started playing American football. Um, I have to say that because, you know, other people yeah. might watch and wonder, but um, <laughs> yeah, I started playing American football when I was relatively young, I think probably 11, 10, 11 years old. Um, maybe even a year younger than that. I can't remember completely. Um, and I, I fell in love with it partially because I was a really angry kid. And that was, um, that was a way for me to take out my anger without me getting in too much trouble other than, you know, the odd penalty if I hit the quarterback late. <laughs> um, but I, I really did fall in love with it and I was really good um, and, and I continued to improve, continued to improve. And then um, one year, I also enjoyed skateboarding when I was younger. And one year, like during off season, I was skateboarding and uh, I, um, I fell and cracked my head on the concrete and got a really bad concussion. And um, since that had happened, um, football was really, you know, touch and go for me. Um, there were times where I would get just minor hits in the head and it would completely rock my world, you know? So um, from there, I didn't continue with football, not because of the injuries, but because when I got into high school, I got mixed up in some shit that I, you know, I'm not going to say it wasn't good to get mixed up in because I think it's part of, you know, who I, who I've kind of grown into today and, and a lot of, you know, my understanding of life now, but I got mixed up in using and selling drugs and uh, dropped out of school, all that kind of stuff. I ended up going back, but that's when I quit playing football. And when I look back at it now, it's, it's almost like a saving grace um, because I, uh, yeah, like I had a bunch of head injuries when I was like, by the time I was, you know, 13, 14 years old, you know, I had, I had a couple of serious head injuries and, and some minor ones. And so um, it was like a saving grace for me. And then, and then going through high school, it was like ending up completely lost. I didn't know what I was, I wanted to do, what I was going to do. Um, at, at some point, I'm sure I thought that I was going to die a drug dealer. I, in fact, I know I thought that at some point. And then um, some stuff happened in my life where I just really woke up and got really curious about why I was the way I was, why I did what I did. And it kind of led me on a journey of really extensively jumping into how the human mind works. Mm. And over time, um, you know, I, I had mentored and helped some people and then, and then I was working, uh, you know, I, I worked in a leadership position in a construction job for a little bit, um, odd jobs here and there, but I had a friend one weekend ask me if I wanted to do a coaching certification training and I'm just like, 
I, I sat there and I'm going, okay, I know nothing about this, but sure, you know, cool. The possibility of getting paid to help people, okay. You know, like that's that's all it meant. And and I did the training and it was kind of iffy, like it was it was cool, you know. Um but I didn't do anything with it for a while. And then I noticed over the course of the two years following that, that, that people started coming to me for help. And, and so I figured, you know, maybe there is something to be said about this. Um, and over time, as I helped people, it seemed as though more and more, the people I was helping, um, the demographic looked more and more like it was people in leadership positions. And over time, I figured, you know, that's what I actually really want, because I see that's where this work is needed the most. I see that's where um, I can make the biggest difference with whatever I'm doing. So it wasn't like I sat there and constructed a dream of um, being a transformative coach to leaders and, and stuff like that. Like, for me, it was like, it's kind of like I fell into it by accident. I mean, while going through it, eventually I kind of caught on and I'm like, oh, maybe I can actually consciously create some of this stuff, right? Yeah, but young, very young, you, you had had the thought, uh, I'd like to be a doctor, but maybe mm. like at the core, there was a help people in there. Yeah, of course. For me, that's kind of always been the aim is I want to do something that I know is impactful for people. Um, and I think, I honestly think that that's the reason um, I've started to do well with it is because I, I think when I first started the coaching business and saw that I was actually going to take it seriously without the sense of seriousness, you know, but I was like, this is something I want to do. And this is something I want to succeed at. Um, I think as soon as I kind of had that inner commitment, um, I just knew like, no matter how challenging it might be at times, like I just wasn't going to give up. And I honestly think like that is the juice to any making any dream happen. Um, and it, it's very, you know, to a lot of people, it's very unattractive, right? They want the sort of, uh, you know, they want the technique to succeed faster. They want the, how do I really make it work, right? And and for me, it's just like, just keep showing up without giving up. Mm. You know, um, just stay in the game long enough for it to work. Because if you show up willing and stay in the game long enough, you will start to see how it works. What is the thing that, that because I, I feel like there's this thing that you saw that you saw for yourself that that had you continue because you know you could have you could have literally continued you know being a drug dealer you could have continued mm -hmm. to do that but you saw something else there's something else that was there do you could you identify what you saw like what was the first thing that made you go holy shit <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. So it's funny you ask because I thought of it and then I related it to what I just said. Um, I remember having one of my relationships end and then just taking a clear, sober look at my life one day and going, I have fucked up every relationship that's ever meant anything to me. Um, I've burned all the bridges that ever meant anything to me. 
And when I saw that, I, I thought, you know, like, I, I don't like who I am right now. Um, and I think from there, there was a commitment to like, no matter how much this is going to fucking suck, I'm like, my life is going to change. Like, I'm going to do what I can to change my life. Um, and, and at that point, I think there was a sense of enough surrender to know I wasn't in complete control, but also enough willingness to show up and do what was needed from my end. Um, and that kind of got me to a certain point. And, and I almost think, you know, the, the, the content of my thinking and the context might've been a little different when it came to starting the business, but it almost came back to the same thing of, you know, I recognize, I don't know exactly where this is headed. I, I might be able to make up. In fact, I will be able to make up a million stories about what it looks like. Um, but no matter what, you know, I'm willing to show up and do what's needed and when needed also willing to surrender to the process. Like I, I recognized, I think even before maybe consciously recognizing it, that there was a process to this that I would need to be patient with. Um, so I think early on there was some sort of recognition that If I just stayed in the game without giving too much into the stories about whether or not it's taking too long or whether or not it's working, that it, you know, it would eventually work out. Right. And, and the thing is, like, when I first thought about that, it working out to me looked like a certain vision I had had. It didn't look like the way things are right now. It really didn't. Right. And, and I came to the same point, right? Like this year has, has been the best year I've had in business so far. And I'm not any happier than I was last year. Right. I have moments, you know, moments where there's clarity of mind and, and there is a lot of happiness, but the thing is that that can happen when a business is going bankrupt. Right. So I think part of what I recognize is I used to, I used to play Like I used to run around with the idea that, oh yeah, like nothing outside of me can bring me well-being. And, and I had the, I, I knew that getting to the place wasn't going to make me happy. Right. But as much as we know that intellectually, there's still, there's still this little gremlin that's kind of going after it. You know, I think for me, I really had to see it insightfully and experientially for me to know, oh, okay, like it really is true that getting to the place I thought I wanted to get to isn't going to bring me happiness. You know, that, that's the one or two ways people see it is they either see it experientially and it's a very sobering insight in my experience, or they have insight into it a different way, you know, whether that's through say a conversation with somebody or whether that's through reflection or them taking a seminar, like whatever is the catalyst for them to have an insight that triggers a deeper understanding of how things actually work. So I think the thing I saw to circle back to your question, whether or not I consciously knew it at that time, I think it was that
if I were to put it really simply, I think it's that I knew that at the time I would have thought no matter what the pain is worth it, right? But now I look back and think maybe what I saw and what I see now is that the pain isn't necessarily real. And that's why it seems like when we see the pain for what it is, it seems to me that it's a lot easier to stay in the game. When we see the fear and insecure thinking for what it is, it seems to me it is so much easier to stick with what we want. Now, throughout that, we might figure out that what we thought we want isn't what we wanted. And that's okay too. Right. So yeah, I don't know, like that's, that's kind of all I have to share around that. Um, but yeah. Well, the, so many things came to mind <laughs> as you were sharing. I was like, I, and I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> Feel uh, free to interrupt me. This is honestly, this is just a dance, right? This is a conversation. That's a dance. And like you said, it's just a conversation that we're having that people get to listen in on. Yeah. yeah. You know, but I, I, I wanted to listen, I wanted to hear what was coming next, but there are a few things that, that came to mind. Well, first of all, I, I mean, I'm the same. I mean, I've seen that, you know, sometimes there was this dream I had and, and really I was like in the end, you know, and I was working towards it, you know, like I was a goals girl, <laughs> you know, this is my goal. I want this. And then I'd go for it. And then, and then when I, when I get there, cause some of the times I, I got there, I was like, oh, well, this is not cool. This is not what I wanted. <laughs> or I'd aim somewhere and then I'd quit, you know, like I, I wouldn't go for it anymore. And then I'd beat myself up because I didn't get to it, right? So I was always caught up in this, in this thing. Yet one of the things that I could see even you know, younger, even like, yeah, even younger, it was just like, there are sometimes I just had a definite yes, and a definite no inside of me. And I had no idea why. But it was just there. It was like, should I go this way? No. Why? I don't know. And I'm saying no, <laughs> you know, or, and I loved that. I would follow those you know I would follow those those insights and those those okay well that was a no I don't know why and then of course at times I would get caught up in my head then I would make up something about whatever I just did you know if I got a a clear a clear yes and then I go for it then I could have a lot of thinking about you know whatever I, I'd encounter into the process of reaching wherever I was going and sometimes I listened to it and sometimes I didn't. But I love that the work that we're doing is to see that that's all it is. It's a process. Like it's, it's like there's only now. So what are you doing now? What are you doing now? What are you doing now? And what about now? <laughs> you know? And and once, like you said, 
you know, intellectually, I heard this phrase, I don't know how many times. I don't know how many times I heard it. But now I really get it. There's just now. <laughs> and it's now for everybody. Wherever you are. Whatever, you know, whatever the time zone, whatever the the country, the, <laughs> you know, we all have now to work with. And what we do is we get to show people the difference between the beating yourself up, like how it feels inside us to follow the knowing and know when we're beating ourselves up and it's just thinking. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's funny because um, it seems to me like every time something like that happens, it just muddles things up and makes it harder for us to see, you know, clearly where we're going or where we want to go. And I, like, I, I, I thought of the term dream it the part of the, the title of the podcast and and part of the concept of your business that you started is a lot of people might wonder like what the right direction is like okay cool like I have a dream I have a lot of dreams right some people might think like I don't know which one to choose and that's why I'm staying stuck right I think for me it's like that that's 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 not as much the reason we stay stuck as as second guessing and trying to figure out what the right thing to do is you know rather than exploring we're trying to find the right answer to the point of, you know, you and I were in, intensive, were in an intensive a uh, few weeks back and that was part of the topic of, of conversation is where are we exploring life and where are we trying to find the right answer? Because one leads to a dead end and one has endless possibilities, right? And so for the dreaming part, for me, the way that I've always been able to tell what's worth spending time on is the sense of aliveness behind the thought of it. Right, the sense of aliveness behind when I do decide to engage with it for long enough. Yeah. And seeing that grow and develop, right? The thing is, for something to grow and develop and move, it needs engagement, right? It needs a bit of a shove, it needs a bit of a nudge, you know, for the snowball to grow while rolling down the hill, it first needs a nudge, right? There first needs to be a snowball and, and it needs a nudge. The thing is like when we when we nudge it depending on where we are it you know there's a certain momentum that comes with it right there's a certain aspect of it that will take care of itself if we're willing to just show up and take the next step but so many of us are focused on trying to figure out all the steps before we even take one yeah that's you know that's how i see the dream actually i you know, when I talk to people, 
and I, I address this dreaming thing, <laughs> you know, like, I think that people have, I, I'm going to take an example. People want to become a singer, whatever, right? Like the dream is let's become a singer, right? And then they have the dream and then you could see the liveness coming. Like you could see, you can see it in their face, right? And, and then they start thinking, but I don't have a voice but I need to take classes, but I'm too old, but like, and it, like they just like, so like when I say dream it, it's like, just let that energy come and develop. And, and then there, <laughs> meaning even if you hear that crap that's being buzzed in your ear, just like, go for it and then do it and then at least you'll see what comes of it instead of making up yeah like just live in that place that aliveness live longer in that aliveness than that other part yeah that drains you well and i like i like that you kind of said that because before we started really talking you talked about how what we were going to talk about today is just living life yeah um and you just brought it back to living in that place so i really like that because the thing is like when there's such a culture around chasing your dreams and hustling and making shit happen that people forget to live life, right? People forget that life is happening right now. People forget that the reason they want the dream so bad is so that they can live life. And then they miss out on living life. Like that's the paradox, yeah. right? Is they get so stuck in chasing their dreams that they forget to live their life. Even if they're living what their dream life looked like, right? The thing, the thing about human beings is we have we have an infinite potential, right? And the thing is like, we are spending so much time with ourselves that we may not even realize that we're living the life we wanted to live because we're already looking at what's next. We're already looking at what else is possible. We're already looking at what the dream looks like. The thing about a dream is it insinuates that it is not yet present. It is not yet in our lives. It is not yet a reality, right? It's a dream. So if we're too busy chasing dreams, we're going to miss out on living life, even if the life we're living now was our dream life five years ago, right? And so I really think that there's something to be said about people taking the time and, and putting the attention on the fact that living life is important, like all the time, you know? I mean, we can't not live it, but we can definitely take ourselves away from being present. And so I think having an understanding that because we have an infinite, infinite potential, we're, we're for the most part, always going to be looking at what else is possible. That's and I think understanding that is, is what can help us 
enjoy our lives more right now, right? Rather than thinking we're not doing enough, we're not being enough, we're not enough of this or enough of that, right? Like we can always have that thought because we have an infinite potential, right? So sorry, you, you were gonna say something. I, well, I I'd love like to hear what as, came up for you. As you're, as you're talking, like I could see, I, I could see that we, I had heard, you know, I don't know where, in, in the multiple things that are out there in the world, I heard that we recycle the same thoughts over and over again, right? Mm. Um, and I see that with all of the work that, you know, all of the intensives that we have, all of these great conversations that we have, like, I see things very differently today than I used to see them when I was 20, or when I was 30, or when I was, you know, 49. <laughs> you know, like, like, I see things differently day, every day now, like, it's like, oh, so I don't need to flip the bird on this one. Or, <laughs> you know, like, I don't need to, okay, I could judge this person or no, I don't have to like, I, I, there are just so many things that I think differently now that I see differently. And so now I, I can understand when we're saying, okay, well, you know, five years ago, I decided I was this, you know, like whatever. I was shy. I'm making stuff up. I haven't been shy since I was 25. Uh, <laughs> but like, that's not true. Like the second that you say it, like we say something and then we stick with it. Like, it's like, it's like a definite you know, but it's not true because that moment's gone. So you can, if you can find, figure out how to think fresh, like look and think fresh, you can create your world anew every day. Yeah, I really love you saying that because I, I was actually, um, I'm going to be writing an article on it right away, but that's the kind of commonality I see with the people who do the best at whatever work they're doing. Like whatever profession somebody is in, the people who are the best generally tend not to identify with their job, right? They don't identify with, you know, the, 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 the personality of the job or the identity of the job. Like they are just them and they're showing up to the job, right? So because they're not identified with it, they have space to innovate. They have space to think about things differently. Because once we identify with something, we put it in a box, right? Like the, the purpose of identification is to know something, mm. right? To know what it looks like. And the thing is, as soon as we identify with something, we by nature limited it. Yeah, we just- And so that's, in. yeah. And so that's where like the people who are the most innovative, the people who perform the best, are generally speaking, the people who are less identified with their work um, and just show up with a free mind, you know? And so it, it's, it's really interesting that you share that because one element of that, especially when, you know, dreaming it, daring it, doing it, 
you know, making something happen in unison with the universe or God or whatever someone wants to refer to it as. Is, you know, when we have a sense of what we want in a direction, but we're not attached to how it's supposed to look, we tend to operate with a lot more freedom. And the funny thing is, as much as it might be scarier because we don't know how it looks, it typically tends to happen a lot faster because we've opened up to the possibility of it working better than we thought it could, right? The thing is, when we have a vision, generally speaking, we have an idea of how it's supposed to look or try to make up how to effectively get there, right? And, and that itself limits our ability. And so the thing is like, we can create the lives we want with an immense amount of freedom if we're willing to let go of knowing how it's gonna look. Now, for a lot of us, that's kind of scary. The thought of that is scary because what a lot of people have done is they've put their sense of well-being and okayness on whether or not that life happens. And so they wanna take as much of it as they can into their control. Hmm. Well, there's also right. a trick. There's also like, we kind of get, when, when I first, um, you know, <laughs> started looking in this direction of creating what I want, like, okay, so I'm the creator. Okay, well, I'm going to create this, right? I started looking, looking at different ways of doing things. So I first looked at positive thinking, right? So I was like, okay, I want this. So how am I going to do it? You know, so I'd say, I'm going to think this, right? So I want to be successful. Well, I wanted to be successful because I thought I was not successful, right? So in order for me to constantly think I'm going to be successful or I am successful or I was creating this narrative or this thing in my head, this goal in my head, well, I constantly had to remember that, oh yeah, I'm doing this because I'm unsuccessful, right? And it was being done in the background it was not like I didn't know I was doing this, right? So the more that I was aiming for success, the more I was telling me I was unsuccessful. Look, it was like I was caught up in this wheel, this, this circle that was getting me nowhere because I, was, I wasn't really creating I was fixing. I thought I was creating, but I was actually fixing a problem. Am I making any sense? Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I thought you, you said fixing and it brought up a sort of, a quote that came to mind for me a while back. Um, that's almost like a play on words, right? And and I, I shared it on a platform and it was something to the effect of when you try to fix your thinking, you end up with fixed thinking. Mm. Meaning when we think there's something to fix within ourselves we end up fixing a game, not, not 
in the way of fixing something that's broken, but in the way of, you know, um, something being fixed, something being manipulated, something being set up to be experienced a certain way, right? And so the funny thing is, in attempts to fix what we think is broken, we end up fixing it in another way. Hmm. And generally speaking, begin to experience it the same way because it's fixed, right? I don't know, that just, what, what, what you said had that ring a bell and, uh, and I thought I'd share it. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it was very interesting to learn, you know, about, for me, learning about mind thought consciousness, because um, it really just made a whole bunch of sense. You know, it was just common sense. And a lot of things that I had question mark, question marks over, you know, I would, uh, like, I would think of it in the three principles way or like in this understanding that now I work with and it just made sense and gave me more freedom like I was able to to be free to choose what I wanted or what I felt like having or whatever it was just I just I had more freedom <laughs> So, yeah, I, I love this conversation. I think that, um, I think, I think that sometimes I listen to it and I kind of go, wow, I can't believe I can, I, like, I get this, <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know, you, somebody speaks and you kind of go, what? Like, you feel like this was a, out of this world conversation that you made no sense out of. And then sometimes it's kind of like, oh man, I'm actually following what he's saying. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's something to be said about these conversations because it seems to me that, that when we spend more time in them you have two people who spend more time together without as much as their thinking and preconceived notions in the way. And that creates a sense of connection, like a sense of deeper connection than normal. Uh, maybe not even normal. Um, I guess using that distinction of, of normal versus natural, I guess, like more than normal because people aren't actually used to that kind of depth of connection. Um, in that way, deeper than normal. To me, that kind of depth of connection is natural though. And, and, and I say that because nothing feels more natural in the world when it happens. Yeah. Just doesn't feel normal because of what everybody is used to, which is a lack thereof, as opposed to a surplus of that connection, you know? Um, so it's, you know, it, it's, it's so natural, but it's a rarity, right? And so that's, that's it, it's funny because I think that deeper connection goes beyond logical understanding. 
And so it doesn't matter whether or not something makes perfect logical sense, but there's still a sense of, oh, I get it. You know? Yeah, it's not the That's kind of what I heard in what you said. Yeah, it's not the words. Sometimes, you know, I remember when my mom, when I was taking care of my mom, I don't know if you know, my mom had Alzheimer's. Well, it's not Alzheimer's, yeah. dementia. Um, and, um, you know, her, the, the, the thing that she had was, she had trouble expressing herself. She would still speak, but the words were wrong. So like, she could have like a whole conversation with me, but intellectually, the words didn't make sense. You know, like it was just like the phrasing was wrong. You know, she would say cat instead of dog, that kind of thing, right? But she was coming from a space, it was such a space of cleanness, you know, like, cause she couldn't think. <laughs> so yeah. she was literally in this moment. And luckily I had this understanding with me. I, I, I got it and I was able to be with her be in the moment with her and not go, oh, because really my thoughts were, I hate this illness, this sucks, can't believe this is happening to her. Like those were all the thoughts I had about dementia, right? But when I was with her, I was not paying any attention to the, those, th those thoughts. So I was able to just be in the moment and she would ask me, ask me things and then if I didn't understand, I felt what it was. I said, I said, oh, okay, so this seems like she's hungry. So I'd be like, okay, so would you like chicken or pizza? You know, <laughs> like, and it worked so well. It really like, she would just, she loved being around me. I mean, in fact, she moved in with me at one point because it was just difficult because my dad was stuck in the thoughts. And as soon as she would have the wrong word, he would just snap at her, right? So she, she couldn't just be when that happened. So that's the, the feeling of being in the moment. The words really don't matter. Like you can feel yeah. the, you can almost feel the energy, the, the love in there. You know, like when we took that class with Mavis, and Mavis says, you know, like, at the core, what's there, what's present for everyone. It's love, not romantic love. It's impersonal love. It's, it's a space you can sit in. There's no judgment. There's no good, no bad. There's just what is. And that is a beautiful space. To, the more you live there, the more you want to live there. Yeah. And I mean, to your point of living life and dream it, dare it, do it dreaming it, daring it, doing it, I, I, I meant to say is the more time we spend in that space, the better off we're going to be. Mm. Um, no matter what we are doing. And it just so happens that it's a perfect space to be when it comes to engaging in relationships. And unless we are meditating in a cave, we have to engage in relationships with people. Life is just set up that way. And so that, you know, that space you just described to me, you know, the way it seems to me is when we spend more time there, our lives get better. Yeah. You know, our understanding of life deepens. Our ability to have great relationships deepens. 
our ability to succeed in whatever we're creating deepens, you know. Um, but that just came up for me while you were sharing that. And I, and I love the fact that you shared that. I want to thank you for sharing that about your mom. It's all, it, it's often in, you know, real life examples like that, that we're able to see it easier, even if in the moment they're some of the most challenging things we have to face. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Rather than it being a concept. Yeah. Just sit in love. no you know, here's life presenting us with something where we're forced to sit in love, where we're forced to discover what it really is, you know. Um, so thank you for sharing that. You're very welcome. I love sharing my stories about my mom. <laughs> yeah. Um, I Listen, it's already been nearly an hour. And I want to make sure like those people who are listening to us I told you in the beginning of the show, I was going to let you say what you do. And I didn't. So here I am. Wow circling back so if people want to get in touch with you so I didn't tell you guys but you know Caleb is Canadian uh so I've I've had I've rarely had Canadians on my show so far <laughs> so we've got another Canadian um so Caleb, let us know let them know where they can reach you and what is it that you like who do you work with like who's your people you'd like to help um Generally speaking, I work a lot with, you know, business leaders, C-suite executives, um, business owners, um, and, and I'm kind of getting into a space of more, uh, and I mean, it would have been cool to share that bit of the story when it comes to the dream it, dare it, do it thing is I'm, I'm getting involved with um, an organization that's more connected with, you know, influencers and, and um becoming an influence in a really big industry in the world right now, which is esports and gaming and stuff like that. So that's, that's kind of who I've been working with still leaders and influencers, but in a completely different industry. And that's been fun for me. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, I just love working with people in leadership positions who have the opportunity and ability to impact people. Um, I think that it's, it's an incredible place to work with people because it can have an immense ripple effect. And because, I mean, the fact of the matter is a lot of people in leadership positions, you know, they kind of work their way up and then they get to where they wanted to be and realize that it's not everything they thought it was. They, they don't have, you know, some of the skills to operate at the level they want to. You know, they don't have an understanding to operate at the level they want to, or they do really well and they just feel like something's missing. You know, it's like most of the leaders I come across, it's funny. They, they're pretty fucking lonely, even though they're surrounded by people, <laughs> you know? So anyways, that's, that's a side bit. I, I, that's kind of why I love working with leaders is, is that, you know, we get the opportunity to explore areas where generally speaking, they might not. And so that's just a little personal tidbit. Um, but yeah, the work I do, I mean, I, I facilitating training and coaching with leaders is, is where I kind of serve. Um, and I'm starting to sound like a broken record, but I'm just trying to think of the best way to express well, it. I, I mean, I, the thing is like, I'm not one for fancy bios, mm -hmm. you know, I, but I, I'm, I'm one for what's impactful for people. And so that's, that's what I've just, uh, 
you know, it's the funny thing is I don't even have a website. Um, I do share some content online when I feel like it, but a lot of the work I do is behind the scenes. And if people want to reach me, I mean, I'm, I'm more of like a personable person, you know, like given my personal email, I, you know, you can reach out to me on Facebook. My name's Kalen Ferguson or LinkedIn or, or Instagram. It's all the same. Right. Um, and I mean, I generally speaking, I, I pride myself on being able to build a very personal connection with everyone who reaches out, um, whether or not we look at working together. Um, I just love being in touch with and communicating with human beings who are, you know, interested in this conversation. Right. Very cool. Thank you so much for being with us. It was fun. As always, we have another chat, guys. We also chatted about love a little earlier this year, and it's called Let's uh, yeah. Chat About Love. If you go on my YouTube page, you're going to find that chat, and we had a lot of fun in that one, too. Yeah, I really love that conversation. Yeah, that's <laughs> I, 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 uh, I almost forgot about that one. No, that, that was an incredible conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you guys enjoyed our shenanigans on this one, bouncing back and forth and talking about a whole lot of something while it might have seemed like a whole other thing. I don't know. Like for me, it's funny when I have conversations because some of them, you know, it's just so back and forth and bouncing around. It's 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 really free flowing. But yeah, it's uh, you know, I really hope that whoever listens and finds it somewhat valuable and uh, and shares what kind of insights they have. But yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for inviting me on, Jasmine. And thank uh, you for coming, yeah. everybody. If you like this please go listen to the other episodes because I have a bunch of them. If you speak French, I have a French one too. And make sure you like it. You follow my pages. Like you have to, to follow my stuff and do the things that need to be done so that I get some reach somewhere. <laughs> yeah. All right. Take care, guys. Have a good one.